Hello and welcome to episode 34 of Rule the Queendom. Now, our beautiful guest today is Nikki Ayres. She's a coach, speaker, light worker, space holder, host of international retreats and just a high vibe goddess. But four years ago, it's a totally different story. Nikki stared death in the face after a failed suicide attempt and from that moment she decided that if she was going to make it out of her own dark night of the soul then she's going to use her light to inspire others to live fully and wholeheartedly. She says she was absolutely blessed with the diagnosis of bipolar and she decided she was going to rock it. She's so passionate about raising awareness for all mental illness, hashtag see a stigma, and she wants to remind others who suffer that you have a choice to take back your life and achieve those desires. I hope you enjoy the interview. This is the Rule the Queendom podcast by Charlie Willis. Wife, mum, stepmom, entrepreneur, model and radio presenter turned self-love campaigner and body confidence advocate will be helping you to become the woman you were born to be. Each week you will discover practical ways to transform your self-doubts and fears into self-confidence and power. Now is the time to reach your true potential. Take control of your destiny and realign with your purpose get ready to be real rock your happiness and wear your crown with pride as charlie and guests regal you up and transform you into the confident queen you were born to be are you ready to roll we got you sister Welcome to the show, Nikki. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm so excited. I've been wanting to talk to you forever since Night of Light. That was like, what, February this year? January, yeah. A long, like, it feels like a world away. It definitely does. It feels like so much has happened, but yet it feels like a blink of an eye. It's, this year has just been like that completely, I think, for me. Um, so we're going to kick off with you telling us your favourite quote and what it means to you. So I love this quote by Dr. Wayne Dwyer and it's so simple. It's change the way you look at things and the things you look at change. And um, I guess for me, like I started out in this world as like, I just got fascinated with the law of attraction and manifestation. And by simply changing the way that we perceive a situation that might be like a trauma or a big event that's happened in our life and to change it to see like the blessing or like the good in it, um, that the feelings and the thoughts and the situation then begins to improve instead of us staying stuck and suffering. And I just, I like the simplicity of it. Just literally change the way you look at things and the things you look at change. Yeah, I love that. And I think that totally embodies pretty much exactly who you are because you've gone through these massive um, situations and yet you've always looked at it as a blessing. And as we sort of talk through this, people are going to hear that you've had diagnosis of bipolar and, and, you know, failed suicide attempts and it's, you've had some really, really dark times and yet you look at all of it as a blessing. So you walk and talk that quote a hundred percent. Oh, a hundred percent. Like, yeah, I, it's not something that I just say. It's something that I like embody and I, and I do and I take action and these principles and um, like, the thing is I got into manifestation before my suicide attempt. So I learned from a very early age that you can attract 
the good, the bad, and the ugly, the dangerously ugly. And I had a blog called Mirror My Manifest at the time, and I was sharing um, kind of quotes and life lessons on like how we can implement things so we can change our world and attract in what we want. And little did I know around that time, I started to really get up in my head and hate myself and, and um, you know, that that feeling of not being enough. And when you're constantly drilling that into your head, more of the same attracts. You attract more of the heaviness. And I manifested the ugly. I manifested a suicide attempt. And the thing that got me back out of there was what got me in there was my mind was the changing of like my perception. And I had to relearn the lessons all over again. Wow. That is so incredible and so powerful. And and you're so powerful for realizing that and then flipping the coin on it. I think it's, and it's so easy to say, just get rid of the negative thoughts, start thinking positively, but to actually walk it when you're in that place of darkness is just pure power. So Congratulations to you, seriously. Thank you, thank you. So let's kick off with um, four years ago, as you said, you stared deaf in the face after a failed suicide attempt in a night that you've named the dark night of your soul. So four years on, you're a spiritual healer, a light worker and coach of others to help them shine bright. But you have said that there is no single light bulb moment that the transition was not easy, it was messy and mad, yet totally necessary. So what has that journey been like? Even you just like saying that out aloud to me, like I have full body chills right now to, to see the transformation of where I was to where I am now. And I think like my biggest thing like that I want to tell people and share with people is like you could be in the darkest of darkness, um, but to know that you can get through this and you can find that light. Um, so yeah, what that was like for me was it, it, it felt suffocating. It felt heavy. It felt necessary. <laughs> like, like what, like what I always say, it was the thing that broke me and brought me to my knees and I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, because in those, in that dark moment, I learned how to be compassionate about myself. I learned how to not judge other people. I was in a mental health facility and in the moment of being around other people going through darkness, I decided to find my inner light and to, again, like, you know, relearn those lessons that I had once drilled into my head. And um, it's something that we're going to experience um, in life is we're all going to experience some level of pain and suffering. That's what the human life journey is all about. And for us to, look at that pain and to kind of see the beauty of it. And when we grow through something, we have this obligation that we kind of want to leave, that we kind of want to tell others the secret of, oh, we got through this. So I know that you might go through something similar. So just know that it's going to be okay. And you kind of get obsessed with the, with the wanting to help others that have been through your, your darkness. Yeah. So, um, sorry, go ahead. (laughs) No, I think I was, yeah, I was, I'm just kind of, um, reflecting as well as I speak about this because it is, it is, it was such a big part of my journey in my life. And I would not take that back for a single moment. And when you go through the dark night of the soul and, and I think I keep bringing up Dr. Wayne Dwyer, but he was saying in one of his um, videos that he 
looked at people who had stare deaf in the face, who have had near death experiences where, you know, the outer, your spirit comes out of your body and looks down on you. And when you enter back into your body um, and you have that choice and I remember that moment of like waking up, like gaining consciousness, waking up by myself after the attempt completely failed. And I had a choice to take back my life. And ever since that day, I have looked at fear and said that, that it's worth it. It's worth for me to, to get over myself, to fight their fears because one day that it's inevitable, we're all going to die. And I know, and we should try to we should die while we're still alive. Our, our fears, our uncomfort, everything that's holding us back because we don't want to be judged and all of that stuff, we should die while we're still alive. Our, that, that part of us, not our physical sense, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And then, and then when, because when you're so close to death and then you get that second chance, you feel unstoppable. That's why I say that it's my biggest blessing. It is my biggest assignment. And now that I have come through the darkest days, I know that I'm never going to experience such darkness ever again. And every single day is an embodiment of joy and a blessing. So, yes. <laughs> wow. What an incredible, incredible journey. And to look at it as now this is going to be my life's work and this is my biggest teacher and I've been there and I'm never going to go back there. And then also, as you say, to turn around and then want to help others and help others even if they've been at that point of of the really really low point staring death in the face or even if they haven't and you just want to stop them from getting to that point that is just the ultimate act of selflessness in 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 my opinion to want to help others after going through something so traumatic yourself um, and you've said that being diagnosed with bipolar has been a blessing so can you explain this yeah, so when I first got diagnosed with bipolar, obviously you like you have those internal battles and you feel like, you know, I'm the victim. Why did it happen to me? Um, you know, kind of blaming my parents because of it's a genetic, it, it was, you know, stemmed from my family, like my auntie has it and other family members have it and I blamed them. And you become so ashamed by this, kind of stigma and label that is around um, something that is very human. It's, it's, it's just as, you know, it's just like cancer. It's just like something physical, but you just can't physically see it. And when I looked at um, other people who had, have bipolar, I, they are very successful. Like we're talking, um, uh, we're talking about like Demi Lovato and, like Andy Irons and there's so many other people I've totally had a mind blank, but they're all very like Kanye West, for example, very creative, very successful, very outgoing people. And they just need to control like that balance of highs and lows, but then they have this beautiful access to their creativity and they just feel a lot like, um, and so I really like, I looked at the traits from the black dog Institute and in, um, Oh, what is it? First we make the beast beautiful. Um, that book, yeah. I can't remember. But anyway, she said that she's, uh, she experienced bipolar as well. And she said that the traits from the Black Dog Institute on bipolar and the traits of what it feels like to um, have a spiritual awakening is the exact same. And I see the, the moments of like the, the times where I have, um, where my mental illness has shown that it's actually been like a really beautiful thing. It's been a growth for my soul. And, um, 
for me to kind of look at myself and yeah, go, go within and make sure that my mental health and my health is my biggest priority and kind of take action on, on that. I don't think that like, I don't think the label of bipolar is as scary as what some people think. Um, some people feel so ashamed and I know that and I, cause I've been there, but I, I just feel so proud. Like it comes up in like normal conversation when I meet new friends and people now I'm like, Hey, yeah, I've got bipolar and I I'm, I'm cool with that and I'm rocking it. And, um, and I'm living a really healthy, happy life. Um, you know, I, a lot of people with mental illnesses, they turn to drugs and alcohol to kind of numb it. But what that does is it's just putting a mask over the problem. And, um, especially if you have bipolar or a mood disorder, it can kind of heighten or spark an episode to happen. So I make sure that I don't drink or if I drink, like it might just be like a half a glass of red wine. Um, but you need to know your body and your limitations. I don't take any drugs at all. And I don't know, I just kind of find my groove and my rhythm and I haven't had an episode in like years now. So I just think that it's my tool to use um, to my best ability because it gives me, um, all of the creative juices, helps me with my writing, helps me, um, to be that empathetic person. And I think that from this label, it's given me some serious life cred that I've like overcome the, the stigma and that I've just been able to accept and own and hopefully encourage other people with bipolar or a mental illness that it's okay, that you actually aren't the label, that it's just something that is you know, a part of you or just by your side, but you aren't it, that you are you always. Oh, that is so incredible. The fact that you've used bipolar as like a new beginning and a springboard for you to then really find out the authentic you and connect with that and, then, and yeah, find out what works for you, what doesn't work for you and be true to that. And I think in times where I have been really, really low and in depression and things like that, when you come out the other side, you feel so more connected with yourself and as if you've unlocked like a couple of rooms in your mind. That's, that's sort of how I have felt. Um, and just recently I had a, a, you know, a few weeks of being really, really down and it was, yeah, my, my binge eating got really, really bad and it was just anxiety was through the roof and all these sorts of things. And then coming out the other side now, I'm yeah, four weeks on, I actually like really want to be nicer to myself and want to do these other things. So yeah, it's, I love what you said there, that it's growth for your soul. I think that is really, really important to look at it that way. Um, it really is. Yeah, and cool. sometimes the bigger the breakdown, you know, the bigger the breakdown, the bigger the breakthrough. Yes. And to just trust, like sometimes where we, we turn to the universe and we say, why? Why is this happening to me? But instead we need to say thank you for teaching me. Like thank you. I'm learning here. I'm, I'm willing to open my mind and expand. This is painful. I'm learning a lot. I'm losing a lot. Things are falling away. But just trusting that process and seeing what comes from that. Um, because if we went through our whole life and we only just what was it was just happy days, we wouldn't have that level of depth. We wouldn't have that deeper understanding of that the human condition of what we go through. So all of those little speed bumps is happening for you for a beautiful reason and a lesson and just to kind of, yeah, trust that process. Oh, absolutely. So talk us through 
those early days of recovery? So recovery started the day that I got into hospital. So a few hours after the attempt, um, my sister handed me a journal and the first page in the journal I wrote, um, and I was in a really bad way physically, um, without telling you what I, what I tried to do. Like, um, yeah, I was, I, you physically could have, you physically could see that I was broken, hundred percent broken, but there was a glimmer of hope and light in that moment in my darkest days when I was surrounded by other mental um, patients and people trying to fight for their life. And I wrote in that journal, I don't know how I got here, but all I know is that I'm here for a reason and I'm ready to take my life back. And I went on to say, I can't wait to see a sunrise again. Because when you're in that space, you feel like you're in jail. You, you have no control. I was put in there under, um, you know, without my consent. Like I was, I was pretty much locked up in there. And all I was craving was the simple joys and pleasures of what I always had access to. And I was craving the sunrises, I was craving the ocean, I was craving the smile from my friends, like all of those small things. And I, yeah, just really began to focus on what I wanted, what I was looking forward to. Um, and through this process, like, yeah, I was dealing with deep depression and um, sat down in front of four professionals and they diagnosed me with that that label and it was really hard and I ended up getting transferred to a private hospital and oh my god the moment that I finally reached this private hospital I felt so supported I felt so much more clarity I rolled out my yoga mat in the foyer while there was nurses and doctors and patients around and I did sun salutations and internally recited affirmations. Like I deeply and completely love and accept myself. Like I love my mind. I love the skin that I'm in because a lot of the time, you know, we are having these subconscious thoughts throughout the day, thousands of thoughts. And it's like putting so much damage onto our mental health and onto our, our physical health as well. And I knew that. And so while I moved and while I just sat, I always made sure that I was trying to drill in um, what I wanted instead of what I feared. Um, and yeah, so I then became really addicted to gratituding. So I was in hospital and I was writing out like journaling constantly every day. And when you're in hospital, like there's not that much to be excited about. Um, but I found every day that I had to write 10 things that I'm grateful for and I would put it on a little piece of paper and then I'd stick it in the, in the room where I was in. Um, with blue, like blue, um, blue tack. So it was like bright blue <laughs> by the end of my stay, like the nurses and doctors came in and they were like, Oh my gosh, like your room's just covered with like gratitude. And I was like, I know, like, I'm so grateful for being alive. I'm so grateful for being here. And, um, when I was discharged, I had to take all the stickers off and like my room was left in like a blue polka dot, like <laughs> walls. <laughs> And it still is. I go and visit that hospital and I visit patients and things like that um, that are staying in there and surprise them. And I can go in and see my little blue, my blue polka dot wall and think of all the gratitude that I had for being in that space and being alive. Um, when I got out of hospital, I um, 
yeah, felt instantly felt so much judgment. I was kind of secluded for so long. And then coming back into my area, I felt like everyone knew my business and it was very overwhelming. So I went down uh, to the central coast and kind of stayed there for a few months with a friend. And I like, you know, ate organic food, um, drank my green smoothies, I did meditation, did yoga, did all of that and really began to fill up my cup. I got a bridging job. I, I was um, a certified health coach and yoga teacher at the time, but I got a bridging job to keep me grounded while I worked on my mental health. So I worked at the Iconic and it was just such a fun job. I absolutely loved it. Mm-hmm. And um, they let me like bring my angel cards and like things into that area. And it was, yeah, it was just a hoot. And then all of a sudden, like, yeah, I don't know, like things begin to like alter and change. And then I became to work solely for myself. Um, and it's just really nice to know that like my mental illness has not ever held me back. It has never limited me. Um, it's only, it's, I can only see the blessings through it. And, um, I just feel like there's so many people that will be listening to this who can probably relate to being in their dark days and and feeling like really alone and stuck. And I kind of just want, to like tell these people that just take small consistent steps every single day and believe in yourself first, because if you don't believe in yourself, no one else will. And to know that you have a mind that is absolutely limitless. So have a mind that is open to everything and attached to nothing. So never ever attach yourself to a label because that will just hold you back. Wow. That is true. That has blown my mind. What an incredible, <laughs> what an incredible person you are. Oh, thank you. So are you. Oh, oh stop it. Um, <laughs> I, I heard you, you told us at the night of light, you told us your story um, and you, your opening line was go ahead and judge me, go ahead, just judge me. And you just stood there, you opened your arms in front of a room of people and you said, go ahead and judge me. I did my hair myself. I borrowed the dress from a friend and just judge me. And I thought, oh my gosh, this person is saying what goes on in my head all the time. And just that you were so open and light and just truly, truly amazing. And that story just absolutely blew me away again. I just can't believe that you were in those situations and in, in the darkness, then you come out and you're so grateful for absolutely everything. And wow, you're amazing, Nikki. I don't know what else to say. I'm just like, I'm just, I'm a complete blubbering mess. Like you have no idea for you to remember that that was my opening line and the exact thing that I said, because that's what I felt. That's, Oh, like I, I'm just like, yeah, I've got tears rushing down my face right now. So thank you so much for honoring and remembering that line because it is, it's really scary to step out and tell people, Hey, this is, this was my darkest days and go ahead and and just judge me. Um, because judgment is a thing that holds so many of us back and it was holding me back for so long and to free yourself from judgment is the best gift that you could ever have. Um, so yeah, thank you. <laughs> no problems at all. This is going to be yeah. By the end of this, I've I've got goosebumps. I'm going to be crying. Okay, swiftly moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so, what does self love and self care look like for you now, like on a daily basis? Self care for me is just like the un 
like it's just uncontrollable undenying acceptance of who you are what you look like in that moment what you feel like just the acceptance of of everything of all of it um so you know we wake up and we we might feel a little bit different or there might be a pimple that shows up and we need to love and accept ourselves right now and not wait for when we're you know when we lose the weight, we're going to be happy. When our skin clears up, we're going to be happy. Like, you know, it's just that loving acceptance right now. And for me, like I make myself love my biggest priority. Like there's a reason why I was born on Valentine's day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I am the, like my essence is pure love and that's what I want to give to others. But the first thing that I need to do is give that back to myself. And I spent many years of my life, like up and down, like you know, having those internal fights with myself, hating myself, um, not being able to look in the mirror without, uh, you know, saying something nasty. When I'd go over to a friend's house, I would put the blind down um, and to do a hair and makeup and they thought I was absolutely crazy. I would actually scratch out my photo from my year, like my year photos with a 20 cent coin and any other Polaroid photos that my friends would take because I hated my skin. Um, so I came from that kind of background to now like it's, I've done a whole lot of work and this is what I work on with my one-on-one clients and things. So like fast forward to now, I wake up, the very first thing that I say in the morning is I love you. I love you. And not only do I say it, we can sometimes say I love you to others and ourselves, and not really feel it and embody it, but I say it and I feel it. I own it. And I experience that warmth of love flooding through me. I place my hands on my heart or any area of my body, or even just begin to like, just gently, softly massage my body. And I just keep saying, I love you. That is my very first thing that I do every single morning. And it's the simplest way for you to access self-love first thing in the morning. Um, I, I then go like, I'm quite extreme with my self-love practices. I then go into the mirror after I go to the toilet, I pop on a a song. I'm loving Beyonce at the moment. (laughs) And, um, (laughs) and I just like bust out dance moves completely, butt naked, um, let everything jiggle and wobble. And I just, again, repeat loving affirmations. I love the skin that I'm in. I love myself. I love, I love this moment. I love my pimple on my face. Like you just, I just fall in love with myself. And that's the very first thing that I do in the morning, everything from there kind of stems. So every meal that I make for myself, it's coming from love. Like I choose, like healthy options and a balance of pleasurable foods as well because I love my body um, and I feel like this is one thing that Asti um, has touched on as well is like for, for other people to love you like we know we always have to love ourselves. but when we are constantly coming from this place of like lack like so a lot of people want to be liked and like how does that feel in your body just to be liked and then if I was asked you, how does it feel in your body to be respected? And that, that respected, like you can feel it, that it goes like within. And so a lot of us, we just crave attention. We crave to be liked. We crave to be seen. And all of that is, is the ego. But how about we respect ourselves first and love ourselves first and accept ourselves? And then from there, we mirror what we want to be returned back to us. And, um, yeah, so like self-love for me, it's like one of my favorite topics, as you can tell. (laughs) And, um, I, yeah, I just love it because I know my journey has been, um, such a roller coaster of a ride and, um, 
yeah, I love it. Oh, that is so amazing. I actually love the idea of dancing around naked to Beyonce first thing in the morning. Oh, should, yeah. Yeah, that'd be my Because I do see you a lot, a lot um, on your Insta stories dancing. And every time I'm like, man, that looks like so much fun. And mm-hmm. I've done it once. I was dancing out in my um, back garden, like right next to like the garbage bins and stuff. I didn't care. And it's just so like, yeah, liberating. And, and you just think as a kid, we did this all the time. Like my exactly. son now, he's five. He loves to bust a move. Does not he? Does not care who's there, who's watching, anything like that. And he does the craziest moves that just bring the biggest smile to my face. And I look at yeah. that and I go, "Gosh, I really hope you have that same sense of just love and fun for life that you do now." And I think mm-hmm. you're right. it's so so powerful to yeah. As soon as you say the word respect, as well, you do you feel it. There's an instant flow inside of you when you say I you know um how about if I respect myself and love myself and you want others to do unto you what you do to yourself Mm, exactly yeah that's so good so I know um we've touched on this just a minute ago but um we've all had like low times and what's your advice for anyone that is struggling right now like first steps what should they sort of do first steps is just to like honestly feel into it. A lot of the time when things arise, we want to run, we want to mask it, we want to distract ourselves with unhealthy habits um, and we kind of want to turn away. Obviously, when things come up and it feels uncomfortable, we want to get back into our comfort zone. But it's come up for a reason and it's going to keep coming up until you feel it, until you literally stare it in, in, in its face and say, okay, I'm ready to witness this and let's go. Um, So yeah, first feel because feeling require like to heal, you need to feel first. So it's, that's an easy equation. Um, Then secondly, like you need to get your support group. Like you cannot go through this alone. Um, So whether it is like medical professionals or friends or family, you need to get your good army of people that you can rely on, that you can talk to, that you can vent to because yeah, we are never alone. And even if we um, feel like we don't have those people, just know that you're not alone. We have beautiful spirit guides and angels and, you know, heaven looking down on you and constantly um, wanting you to, you know, be and do your very best. Um, And then from there, like, so, yeah, so to feel, to get that support and then to simply, like, just trust. So every single day take guided action um, upon getting better. So a lot of the time when we're feeling in darkness and we're, and we're staying in that state, we want to feel safe. We don't want to be seen. I know when I was depressed, it took me a lot to get me out of the house. I didn't want to leave. I stayed in my house for weeks and the thought, and I remember the feeling was when someone literally had to drag me out, the feeling of even walking one step in front of the other and Oh, it just was crippling to me. It felt really uncomfortable, but I had to keep doing that uncomfortable thing to get me out of where I was because, and this is what the whole thing with my Align course is, is like, if you want to get into alignment with what you want, you need to start aligning yourself with that vibration. If you're constantly staying stuck and you're like, I'm depressed, I'm depressed, I'm depressed. And you're thinking that 
and you're thinking that and you're feeling it and you're embodying it and then you're taking action, the only thing you're going to attract back is that level of depression and it's only going to get worse. So the thing that got me out of, out of my um, darkest days was hope was support, was like loving and accepting myself and was the ability to expand and get myself out of my own way. So I was like, okay, hey, well, I feel depressed. I don't want to feel depressed. So instead, I'm going to access gratitude. Okay, what's five things that I'm grateful for today right now? And then instantly I would feel a lot better. Like I was distracting my mind from, from that heaviness and turning it into something that was actually positive. Um, so hopefully that's, yeah, some sort of tips. Um, but I, I do also want to like recommend other people. Like if you are in the state where you are actually scared for your own safety, that make sure that you go and get the help that you need from a trained professional. I've been admitted into um, mental, private mental health hospitals. Um, I say private mental health hospitals. I have been in a public mental health hospital. Um, it's very, very different. I feel like if people have mental illness, to try their very best to afford um, more private health insurance because you'll get more level of um, support there. Um, but what I'm saying is like I've been in those um, in those hospitals and in the private hospital, I like I honestly healed. Like the food was disgusting, to be completely honest. <laughs> like a lot of people would have been like, yes, like the food's amazing, like lasagna and wedges and pizza and like, you know, like all like stir fries. But for me, I was like, I was craving like green smoothies. So, but honestly, like to be in a place where you're away from all distractions and away from the, the triggers that may be in your home environment and just to solely focus on you for a week, like just do it for a week. And, and if you do have private health insurance, it's all covered. Um, and it's, there's no shame. You don't even need to tell anyone that you're there. You can just say that you're going on a digital detox and a little retreat and, and just go and admit yourself. There's no shame around it. I've been there and it's helped me. And I just, um, and I really do encourage other people to, to get that help before it's too late. Yeah. So, yeah. Gosh, no, I think that's, that, there's some amazing things that you said there. Feel into it. It comes up for a reason. It'll keep coming up until you deal with it. You need to feel, then heal. So you need to heal first then look for your support group, people that are going to help you and not only physical people but spiritual guidance as well and then take guided action to enable you to be in that vibration where you want to be, you need to align with it. I think that's all incredible, incredible advice there. And then also, yeah, yeah if you're in um, fear of your safety, as you said, go ahead and um, seek that professional help as well. So mm -hmm. I guess this does lead into my next question really perfectly as well, because you've said that your intention is to create leaders, not followers. So in specifically to women, how can women be leaders? Yeah, I love, I love this because a lot of the time when like people, um, you know, with Instagram and, and with everything, like a lot of the time we have these followers and I never wanted to create followers. I don't want people just to follow um, what I'm doing. I want them to hear the message, then translate it in their own language, um, their own belief, 
their own story and then share that message out into the world. We all have something that we can offer. We are all influential and especially us women, we have all gone through our ups and downs and whether you have five followers, 10 followers, 150,000 followers, like we all have the opportunity to speak up on some degree. Um, I don't really like the, the whole term, like let's make our pain our purpose because we shouldn't focus on pain for our purpose. Like I've obviously looked at my pain which has been like my suicide attempt and my and my bipolar and things like that, and instead and it's and it's it's part of my purpose. But my purpose is joy. My purpose is love. So I want you to find those things that you have grown from, and then bring the love and bring the the joy into that. So a lot of people, like I know a lot of people that I've worked with who have um, been molested and raped and. You know, and when there's so much heaviness around that. And so to, to kind of look at like the prevention angle and, and, and another angle of like, you know, empowering women to step up and lead and to, to be that themselves instead of just like focusing on um, that heaviness and then that pain. Um, we, yeah. So yeah, to be a leader, not a follower is like to, to go out and to learn to the most of the most of your ability and then share that message with your own, with your own kind of twist um, and not just be like, Oh, Hey, so I heard that Nikki's doing this, go and follow her. Um, just be like, Hey, so Nikki said this, this is how I translate it. And this is what I'm going to do about it. Mm. Um, I hope, does that make sense? It's like, 100%, don't just follow. Yeah, 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 100% does. And it's funny. It's so funny because I, two weeks ago after I spoke to um, uh, Holly and she was saying that every single person is a, like inverted covers like influencer. You've got mm. influence in your own life, over your own relationships, over your interactions, absolutely everything in your life, you are influential. So everyone has to take that stance on it. And then I thought, well, one, I want to share that message. I think that's really important. But also, I'm getting all these fantastic um, information from people like yourself, Holly, Asti, so many incredible women. And yet I listen to the information. But what am I actually doing with it? And it's just really simple things with the way that Holly sets up her week with the self-care, scheduling self-care first. That is so simple, costs you absolutely nothing. But who actually does it? Show of hands, not many. Mm. So mm-hmm. I absolutely love that you said that. Of course, go out there, read the knowledge, read the books, follow people that inspire you to take action. And then, yeah, actually take the action, work out how it feels for you and then share how it feels for you as well in your own, exactly your own purposeful, inspired, creative way. I think that's amazing. Mm, yeah, it's so important. We all have something to share. So it's just that willingness to, to step up and lead. Yeah, exactly. And that's how yeah, that's how you create leaders and, and people that think like leaders rather than, yes, being a, a follower. I think that's so important. And I love that that's your intention. I think that's incredible. I really do. So um, being a light worker, which is, I guess, a relatively new term, certainly to me, but I think it's amazing. I genuinely do. And I think it's someone that just embodies themselves at such an authentic level but what does it mean to you so in the simplest term a light worker is someone who's being their authentic self who is um 
who chooses love over fear every single moment. That's in the simplest terms. Who A light worker is someone who um, loves to hold space for people and sees the light in others instead of the darkness. Um, yeah, that's the, as simple as I can get it. Yeah, well, that, that's amazing. That's, I'm so glad that was... <laughs> <laughs> it was that simple. That's brilliant. Um, like we can complicate, we can complicate it and think it's like this chosen path that like who, who can be a light worker. The thing is, I believe we are all light workers. I believe that we all have an inner light within us that is um, filled with compassion and love. And, you know, light worker is just another label that we can use, but it's a label that just reminds us of the inner light that we have within ourselves. So um, I just, yeah, it just excites me that this term is actually being used more because more people are getting curious to find out what a light worker is and how they can become one. Um, I did like a light leaders workshop series and, and it was encouraging other people to be that light worker. And um, the whole theory was it was all about being yourself. Um, you don't have to be, you don't have to do certain things. You don't have to, um, you know, hide away or, or do things that are uncomfortable for you. You literally just have to be yourself. And when you walk into situations, like for example, I remember when my grandpa was passing away um, a few years ago and everyone was sitting around him um, in the hospital and just, you could feel the darkness, you could feel the heaviness. And I was walking on the way there and I was holding a little rose quartz angel that I was going to Put behind his pillow and in my head I go like I'm activating this light I'm going to be the light in this dark space and I walked in and I just owned my presence I was like hello grandpa how are you going put the little thing here how's everyone going gave everyone a hug and I just stood there stood and vibrated my my light vibrated my energy um he actually ended up living for another three years and he passed away only recently and um and I just, and people were like, oh, like, oh, you just brought such beautiful energy into the room. Oh, we need, really needed you. And I kind of um, pride myself on, on that. It's like, what can I bring? Like when, when I leave this earth, I want, like, we don't leave a legacy as such as like a material object. We leave an imprint of an essence of how we make people feel. So I want you to think about when you die, how do you want to make people feel when they reflect and think back on you? And I want to make people feel loved. I want to make people feel joyful. I want to make people feel light. And that's what a light worker is, is going into those dark situations and being the light and not dimming it to, and lowering the vibration of all those people like, you know, around you. When you shine, you're allowing others, giving them permission to shine just as bright as you. Um, and you know, we need to turn on our light because there is so much darkness in this world. There is so much hatred and, and war. And now is the time for people to step up and lead and switch on their own inner light because we all have it. It's not an, an initiation, um, that some people have it and some don't. We all have it. I believe we all have it. And please turn on the light because we need your light right now. Oh gosh, that's absolutely incredible. That's a call to arms if I've ever heard one. And yeah. you shine and you give other permission, people permission to shine as well. That is truly amazing. 
Wow. Thank you so much. <laughs> so I've literally got a whole page of notes. <laughs> I'm having to write in the margins to squeeze it. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is in the most simplest term, like we teach by demonstrating, right? Mm. So we are we, we, like people like, how do I fix another person? How do I change another person? We teach by demonstrating. So for me, like I obviously want people to be a light worker. So what am I going to do? I'm going to demonstrate it. I want people to be joy. I want people to follow their life purpose. So what am I going to do? I'm going to demonstrate that. I'm going to share that on my social media. I'm going to share that with my friends. I'm going to share that with when I walk down the street. Like you have to walk your talk and you, you like, you'll show up by the level of how you're showing up to the universe. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> drop mic <laughs> yeah exactly I was like, I've got nothing to say I just I just, just, just amazing <laughs> yeah my God, that is brilliant yeah I haven't had anyone do that yet so I'm keeping that in that's amazing um, <laughs> so um as a final question how can we support those close to us that are struggling with their mental health I know we've talked about you yourself um, and we'll recap about feeling into it and healing and getting your support group. But if you are that support group, how can you help someone? Okay. So I think for me is just holding space for someone without the need to know the right answers on what to say, just being there, like sitting there and just you, the other person doesn't need to speak. You can both be in silence. For me, that was the most beautiful gift that anyone could give me was those visits in hospitals where they just sat there and, and they didn't say nothing. A lot of the time when, when we're in darkness, we will ask for advice. But a lot of the time, we don't want your advice and people just give it un, unwaverly. Like, what is, I don't even know that's a word. They just give it without, without even like knowing. Mm. Um, so just to like listen to that person is like my, like just, that's my biggest advice. So listen to hold space and, um, and yeah, like I think there's a lot of like triggering things that you can say. Like I, I know that I've brought this up about Are You Okay Day and I think it, Are You Okay Day is amazing and it raises awareness. But the word, like the, the word Are You Okay and asking those questions like you don't look right, Are You Okay? That's making a judgment. And when, we ju- when we're making those judgmental like um, questions, that person, it's really hard for them to open up because they feel judged. But instead saying questions like, hey, I'm here for you. Hey, remember that you're not alone. Let's catch up for a coffee. Hey, I love you. Like love is the most like powerful tool for someone's healing. Like just to give someone a heart to heart hug and say, I love you is the most transformational thing that you could do for a loved one or friend that is going through something. So yeah, that's probably my, my best tips because I've been there and I've, I've witnessed some really awesome support and I've witnessed some really challenging ones as well. Everyone means well, but it's just how people approach, approach it. It can be quite uncomfortable for them. Um, so yeah. No, that's, that's fantastic. And I knew you were a fantastic person to ask because yeah, you, you've been on undoubtedly both ends of it. And yeah, I love what you said there about, um, changing your language to something that could be perceived as judgmental when as you're saying it it, you might not think it is but you're changing your language to being I'm here for you in and of course just spreading as much love to them as possible I think that's thank you for sharing that that is really really fantastic yeah you're welcome so um 
you are obviously a coach, a speaker, light worker, space holder. Um, you host international treats, retreats, not treats. I'm sure there's treats at the retreats. Yeah. <laughs> they are international retreats and you're a high vibe goddess. But I just want to go over a few of the key messages that you have delivered today because I think they're just absolutely unbelievable. So if you are going through a tough time, know that it's going to be okay. It is worth fighting the fear. Don't die while you're still alive. The bigger the breakdown, the bigger the breakthrough. Bipolar was growth for your soul. Know that you are not your label. Um, respect and love yourself first and mirror what you want in return. Um, your shine will give others the permission to shine as well. I'm running out of room on this paper. Hold on. Um, <laughs> For anyone that's having low times, your advice to them right now is to feel into it, to heal first. It's coming up for a reason. Then you need to find your support group and take guided action and align with the vibration that you want to be living with. And everyone has an opportunity to create an imprint of their essence of how we made others feel. To That's what you want to leave on your mark on the world and if we want to support others that are struggling um, if we want to be their support group it's really important to hold space for them um, you don't need to know the answers you can just sit in silence for hours they will find that comforting just listen and say things like I am here for you I love you hey let's just go grab a coffee uh, um, and I'm here for you always so to follow Nikki, check out Nikki Ayres. So it's at N-I-K-K-I underscore A-Y-R-E-S. Her website is all the W's, NikkiAyres.com. She's got a fantastic eight-week Align course that starts very, very soon. So don't delay as spots are super limited for that. But obviously we know it's going to be incredible, incredible content in there that's truly life-changing. And keeping an eye out on Nikki's website and her Insta for the next retreat happening in 2019. So Nikki, I thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I had like, yeah, I had the tears, I had the, the laughter, I had the chills, like it was just amazing. And um, I really hope that people, um, the people who need to hear these messages hear it. And yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for listening to The Queendom Podcast by Charlie Bullis. We'd love you to share this with a friend, rate us and subscribe to the show on iTunes. For freebies plus more, visit www.rulethequeendom.com.